Today's episode of the Sidious Mag podcast is brought to you by Educated Running. Folks, Educated Running is a network of coaches who strive to inform runners about their sport. They've got coaches located in New York City, New Jersey, Chicago, San Francisco, Portland, and Iowa. And they're there to provide both online training programs and private sessions to athletes across the United States. Educated Running also aggregates training resources and content on their website in addition to having some fun product giveaways every month. Prizes are really cool, and last month actually someone walked away with a fresh pair of running shoes. To learn more about them, visit their website at www.educatedrunning.com or follow them on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Educated Running. My guest for today's show is 356 miler Drew Hunter. Let's start the show. Now we welcome on Drew Hunter to the City of Smack podcast. Drew, uh, how's it going, and where in the world are you right now? Hey, Chris. It's uh, thanks for having me. It's it, everything's going well, and uh, I'm in Virginia right now. Just um, I'm, I'm I'm still living with my parents this year, so uh, yeah, just in in Virginia and just getting back to training and stuff. From what I've seen, I guess on social media and stuff, it seemed like in the fall or like later on in the summer, you were bouncing around a little bit from, like, place to place. I think it was Portland, a little bit of Flagstaff. Uh, was that, I guess, just part of the plan, just to, to kind of have some fun and, and start off just a little bit of a nomadic lifestyle there? Yeah, no, I uh, after um, the summer, I kind of had a period where I was just, I was getting back into training and wanted to try some, check out some new places and try some new things. And so um, I went to uh, Boulder for a few weeks. I went to Flagstaff for a few weeks. And then I went up to check out the Adidas headquarters um, in Portland. And um, then I went to Foot Locker. So I was, yeah, I was all over the place. And it was really fun. It was good. It's good to kind of have that. And I wasn't, I was kind of in my early kind of training uh, period and stuff. So it was nice to be able to travel and kind of experience some new things while just getting, getting my uh, feet wet back at training. What's uh, the coolest place so far that I guess you've been able to explore as a pro? Yeah, well, I haven't gone um, anywhere international yet, so I'm sure the first time I go international, that will be fun. But um, it was really fun going uh, back to Foot Locker and not actually having to race because um, I was there a few days before. So, And that was right when weather was getting kind of chilly here in Virginia. So um, it was nice to kind of uh, you know be able to – in San Diego when it was, you know, the weather back home was super nice. So um, that was fun. And it was fun just, you know, watching the high schoolers run and stuff and knowing that I did that last the last two years, but I was always focused on like competing and it was nice to just be able to kind of enjoy the competition. Is it a little weird to have kids that are just a year younger than you or some of them <laughs> maybe just the same age just come up to you and ask you, ask you for photos? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird because some of the guys on the South team, like, I was kind of, like, friends with them. Like, I mean, like, Reed, Reed, the, um, the, the boy who won, like, I, like, I mean, I talked to Reed all the time last, last year and, uh, it's just kind of funny, like, <laughs> thinking, like, he's, you know, a year younger than me and, 
um, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's all good. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's fun to be able to relate to these guys because you're kind of the same age as them. So that's kind of a unique, I guess, cause I mean, Footlocker's never been able to really have back the previous year winter because everyone's gone to college and they're in the collegiate system. So it was kind of nice to uh, be able to do that. Why has Virginia, I guess, been a good place for you to train so far? I guess most most of your most of your life. Why, why has that been the case? Yeah, well, I think there's always that kind of home comfort that you have and the routines that you have. And I'm a very, uh, I guess, routine based person. I kind of like to keep things simple. I don't really, um, I've never really, I've never been able to experience altitude before, so I never, I never knew if it would work for me if it was beneficial. And so um, I wasn't necessarily, you know, sold on moving somewhere to altitude or anything like that. But I mean, just from where I live, I mean, I live um, in a great place to run. I have like, I have, um, I live right off of dirt roads. And so I have tons of um, miles and miles of dirt roads to run on really hilly dirt roads. Um, I live, uh, I have two tracks I can use because my parents are the coaches um, at the high school. I can use the track basically whenever I want. Um, there's a trail right by the track that's great for tempos and stuff like that. And so it's just kind of always like worked. And I know like I'm very familiar with the routes I do. It's just it's just that comfort level I have is hasn't changed. And so that's why I haven't really made a decision to move away yet or made a decision to go somewhere else. Just you know, it's, it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. And that's kind of the motto I have right now. It's just, you know, things are working. So I'm not really looking to change just yet. Right. I mean, it's been less than a year since you've turned pro. And I, mm-hmm. I know it, at the time there was the plan to maybe go to, go to college at George Mason, possibly take some, some online classes. Where are we at right now mm-hmm. in terms of school? And I guess, knowing that you're going to probably be traveling, you know, on training stints to a couple of different places, how does that kind of factor into to school? Yeah, well, that was one of the things with looking for a place to live is I needed to have that um, either a college or some sort of education um, to go along with where I was living. So a lot of the places I looked, I was always making sure that there was a college nearby and um, that's why I wanted to go look at like Boulder because there's obviously I could go to school in Colorado. Um, and then, but yeah, right now I'm not taking classes just because I don't know where I'm living next year. Um, so I'm taking basically a gap year. It's just a year off and a year to figure things out. And, um, I plan to go to school and I plan to, um, do some sort of, uh, education, whether it's online classes or actually going to a university. I'm not sure yet, but. Um, just kind of up in the air right now and we'll, we'll see what works. If I have a really, really successful, um, outdoor season, then I'd be less inclined to, uh, like move away and kind of change the habits that have helped me get good, but we'll see how everything goes. I remember when I was working on a couple stories on you during, you know, before Milrose and then during the trials when you were getting ready to announce that you were going pro. I mean, and, and you mentioned your relationship with your parents and how they, they're the coaches at, at the high school. For you, I mean, some people were curious when, when I put out the, the, the question of, you know, we're going to have you on the podcast. How many people were buzzing in your ear about the, you know, college and pro decision? And then I'm guessing it was, your parents who you listen to the most, but, uh, I guess what was, how, how 
how many people actually knew that you were debating that at the time? Yeah, I mean, really it was not many. Um, it was obviously my parents and my family and the people that were the close people in my life. So like, uh, like my, my whole family and the people that my parents trust. Um, but then, uh, obviously Andy Powell, the Oregon coach, he knew and a few others, um, knew about it. And, but really I just kind of, um, it was just a close, close knit group of people who knew because it's a really, really, it was a tough and hard decision. And, and I didn't want a lot of outsiders kind of knowing and trying to, you know, sway me one way or the other. Cause at the end of the day, I wanted it to be my decision. So kind of trying to keep it just within people I trust. Do you still follow the NCA much? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I have lots of friends that run in the collegiate system and I always, um, you know, I'm still, still following the running and cause it's, I think it's, it's good to know how everyone's doing. It's, it's, it's still exciting to watch. I mean, I watched the national championship cross country. I'll definitely watch it in the nationals and outdoor nationals. So yeah, I pay attention to it. Most recently, I mean, I guess the Ducks were someone who you were going to go join. I mean, what did you make of Cheswick's Mile in Boston? Yeah, well, I was actually supposed to be in the race. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it was, I mean, it was crazy. I watched it live. And, I mean, I, I kind of expected that. I mean, he's he's the best for a reason. And he, I think that he's always kind of been uh, the guy who win races, and he's never actually like, gone after time. So as soon as he was put in that race, and I knew that, he went with, I saw he's going with the rabbit. I knew he was going to run fast. I didn't know if he was going to break the collegiate record, but I knew it was going to be at least under 354. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's, he's the best for a reason. Really impressive watching him run. There was something that, I mean, I was thinking about writing about this pretty soon and it's because of this, I guess, influx of, of sub fours that we've had over the years. I mean, you, you're one of the latest cases, but, um, I was curious about who, I guess, were you watching maybe when you were like in middle school or just starting off in high school? Uh, like what was the class of runners who were so close, uh, but didn't really, that, that weren't able to crack for that maybe kind of served as motivation for you guys and kind of inspire that next generation of milers? Because I guess personally what I remember, you know, that class with Bernie Montoya, Ben Sorrell, Andres Arroyo, and I guess Cheswick was even in that class for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that they they came as close as like 401 or I think maybe even four flat high. Uh, for you, who were you paying attention to? I mean, was it did it go back as far as Perspicus? I mean, what was that, I guess? Uh, I mean, who were you paying attention to? Yeah, well, I'm from Virginia, and so when I was a freshman, the I mean, he, he probably, he arguably was the best runner in the nation, uh, Sean McGordy. He never... He never broke for, but he was a guy I looked up to, and he was someone who was, I mean, he's from Virginia, he's from Chantilly, which is, you know, 40, 40 minutes from where I live, so he wasn't that far either. I mean, he ran like 840, I want to say like 846, I could be completely wrong, so sorry, Sean, if you're listening in the time. <laughs> um, but he ran like 846 and like 404 the full mile, but... I just remember he was in that dream mile race with, I think Ben Sorrell won that year actually. And, um, so I think that kind of, that group, I mean, I was, I was a freshman at the time. I was like a 430 miler. So I was not even close. Yet. Um, it was like, th- those are the kind of the guys that I looked up to and said, okay, maybe if I continue, I'll be, you know, right around four minutes. And then 
each year. And then the following year, I want to say that was, um, I want to say that was actually Blake Haney's class. And he ran 344 in the 1500 over the summer. And that was like a huge deal. Um, so, uh, those are the kind of the guys that I just looked up to when I first started running. And then obviously Grant the year, year after that. And, um, but yeah, it's always been nice to having, to being in such a good, like a great time for distance running in, in the USA because you always have someone to look up to and there's always someone better than you. Um, so it's really easy to kind of, uh, look to inspiration just, just by looking around you and looking at the guys that you're racing and the guys that ran before you. So those are kind of the guys that came to mind. We've got another, I guess, round of high school kids knocking on the door of sub four, possibly in the spring. I mean, how many more do you think we could probably get? I don't know. I mean, it's, they're so close, but I think what people don't realize is how hard it's going. It's like, the race has to be perfect. Like, you gotta have perfect weather. You gotta have, it's hard to do it without a rabbit. I mean, it's just really hard to, to do that without, you know, really good pacing. So, I mean, I, I would definitely say someone does it this year, but um, I don't know if it's going to happen every year. I think um, it's just it's just one of those things that everything has to come come together, and you got to have you got to stay healthy for a year and get really you know all three seasons of really good training in. So you never know you never know what's going on either. Some you know the time a kid might be one of the best kids might be going for it, he might be sick. So you just you really never know, and you just hope for the best, and you 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 kind of deal with the cards that you're your Delton. But I think, I think someone will do it this year and I think it will continue to happen just in the future as, um, people get more knowledgeable about proper training and how to, how to, how to just be the best runner you can be. I think it's, um, with the internet, it's becoming more, it's becoming easier to, to look up, to look at what other people are doing and what other people, sub pulling miles are doing. And, um, I guess not copy them, but learn what works for you and what doesn't. We've just been so spoiled over the last couple of years. I know. <laughs> um, for for you, I guess uh, you you had the case of perfect pacing at Hayward when you had the chance to run uh, the 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 mile outdoors last year. Uh, that wasn't your first time racing at Hayward, I think. And I mean, what was what was it like racing there after hearing so much about it? Yeah, that was my second time. The year before. Um, I ran uh, junior nationals, uh, U.S. junior nationals in the 1500, and so that was my second time racing. But no, it's I mean, it's, it's it's hanging field for a reason. It's super special, and um, it's just uh, like I mean, I think everyone can say like when you step onto that track, you just feel really like you're a part of something. So, um, really, really fun place to run. Um, last thing I've got before we get into some listener questions it's what's what's been the biggest surprise for you as a professional runner because what we tend to see uh is and hear about is the free time that everyone has i mean i guess uh, a couple people love to crush books other people go on netflix binges how do you pass the time i'm kind of like a mixture of both those things like (laughs) i um it just kind of depends on what the medium for i mean i'm normally doing in a full day of training, I'm doing something twice a day, whether it's a run in the morning, doing like cross training later or lifting later. So I normally have like, um, you know, a few hours in between, um, whether it's 
lunchtime or whenever I'm, whatever I'm doing, I, I try to, try to, I like staying productive. So, um, I, I've actually been recently getting into like, like baking and cooking, which sounds kind of funny, but like, I've, um, kind of got into my meals and experimenting with different things. So that's recently what I've been into, but I try to, I try to read. I, I'm not a huge person, but, um, you definitely do have a lot of free time, especially like last year I was back in, like I was in high school still and I didn't realize how much like little time I had towards running because like I'd have an eight hour school day and I'd wake up at like six to do like a morning run or some something in the morning and then I'd finish school by four o'clock and then I'd have practice and I'd literally come home, eat dinner, like do homework and then go to bed. And so I realized how much time I have to like focus on running and focus on doing things right. Like last year I would, you know, wake up and just like go run and be like stiff and sore. And now I can <laughs> drill, properly stretch, like all those other things. A lot of those things have taken up a lot more time, which is, which is great because I think I've had less aches and pains this year and been really able to focus on, um, some minor things that really make the difference long-term. All right. We'll get into a couple listener questions now. Um, uh, the first one, a wacky one, Chris Nickinson, Wants to know if you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? Um, no, because I mean, then wouldn't I like theoretically <laughs> wouldn't I die? Exactly. Like, if I'm eating myself, so <laughs> no, I'd find some other things to eat. All right, a little bit more serious ones. Um, Dayton wants to know. He says, "Ask the young pup which of his peers he foresees will be his biggest competition down the road." Um, what was the question about yeah, he's, his? Yeah, uh, yeah. Who's going to be your biggest competition down the road? Oh, I don't know. I mean, every, I mean, look at a like. Do we have any American sort of rivalries team? that are kind of brewing? No, I mean, I think um, I, I one person that like comes to mind is my my junior year. Um, I raced Grant twice at the end of the season, and he like. He destroyed me every race, like up until that, and and then I I beat him, and I still think like Grant's like a better runner, like he's like, he's I mean Grant's like the best for a reason, but that was the only time I could think of like me actually like looking forward to racing someone because I just like loved racing Grant, but um, I mean honestly everyone in the future <laughs> like look at America's distance running right now, it's it's really hard to if you're at the top, there's always someone trying to to um you know dethrone you and then if you're kind of in the middle you have so many people around you that um can beat you and so it's just i'm kind of at that point where i don't really have a rival because a lot of people are beating me but um hopefully down the road i'll have some good battles with some people pat wants to know what's it been like training with uh luis Vargas. oh it's good yeah me and luis we traveled together for four weeks luis is luis is tough man doing workouts with him and he's like a He's like a 10K guy, so he can just put me, like, anything, like, tempo runs or, like, re- like mile reaches. Like, that was his stuff. And um, So, yeah, it was, it was, it was tough doing that because I'm definitely more of, like, a 1,500, 5K guy. So, those longer workouts were super tough. But, um, yeah, it was, it was fun training with him. He's, he's a grinder, to put it that way. <laughs> Jose wants to know, was there a point in your career where you knew that you are going to – 
train at a very high level. And I guess what advice would you have to younger athletes hoping to accomplish what you have? I think the first time I realized I was good was probably when I got all state my freshman year in the two mile after not even running for a full year. I knew I think, okay, I'm definitely, I'm definitely good at this sport. I don't know how good I'll be or what, what I will accomplish in the next couple of years. But I definitely realized like, all right, I'm good at this. And so, um, at that point I realized I was good. And my advice is just to continue to enjoy the sport and have fun. Like the opportunities that you have in the sport are amazing. If, you're running really well you'll get to travel lots you'll get to meet tons of amazing people and so i would say just continue to enjoy the sport for um the opportunities and the just how fun it can actually be and some of the people that you meet will be your best friends and will be you know people that you're going to have uh in your life for a long time so i think just kind of cherish those opportunities gene wants to know what's it like growing up with uh so many brothers and sisters Oh yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, Freeman doesn't know I have eight siblings. So, um, yeah, I mean, growing up with a big family is very, it's very, um, you know, growing up, you kind of don't realize like how special and how, um, like what it's like just because it's, it's what you've always had. But looking, you know, being older now and seeing like my younger siblings grow up and my, like older, my older sisters, like, move out and, um, like in, into the real world and have, you know, real jobs and stuff. It's really, it's just really special and cool to be a part of. And I think it's, you always have a, you always have a friend and you always have someone there for you. So that's, it's really nice to kind of have that and just have, be able to, you know, Christmas time and Thanksgiving to have everyone together. is really special. So I think it's, it's, it's really fun and, something that I uh, probably took for granted when I was younger, but now I realize how, how blessed it was. Jeremy wants to know, I mean, since you're Adidas-sponsored, uh, do you get Yeezys? You know, I actually don't have Yeezys, but um, <laughs> I have about every other pair of Adidas shoes, so hopefully that makes up for it. But maybe down the road I'll get some Yeezys. Yeah, that'd Alex be, Moore, That'd be, that'd be a nice gift. <laughs> yeah, Alex, if you're listening to this, I mean, you know my size, so. <laughs> um, Cody wants to know, it's a two-parter, do you drink milk? And then what's uh, your post-run recovery drink and snack? Um, I actually am not a big milk drinker. I actually like like almond milk and cashew milk. I'm, I'm more of that type of guy. I just, I don't know, I just kind of move that way. Um, and then post-run drink, I've been drinking uh, Garden of Life Protein recently after all my runs, and I really like that. So that's kind of the the move right now. Uh, last listener question, uh, Rubis wants to know, what are some advantages to being uh, young and being a miler? Um, the advantages are just, I think, being able to look up to older guys and seeing, okay, you know, be patient, know that, I shouldn't be running 350 in the mile right now. No 19-year-old should be doing that. And just staying patient and knowing down the road um, I can be as good as some of these guys if I just continue to do what I've been doing, stay focused, and um, just continue to do what I can every day to get a little bit better. And so um, I think that's the biggest thing is just staying patient and knowing the best years are to come down the road not to worry about too much right now. What's, uh, I guess, what was that like, I guess, at Prefontaine last year? I guess being in the same room as, like, uh, 
as like Asbel Kiprop and stuff like and, and being in the yeah. same race. What was that like? I remember when they take you under Hayward before the race. I just had like a moment of like I just looked around and I saw like Silas Kiplagat, like Axel <laughs> Kiprop. And then I just looked down at myself and I'm like, Wow, like okay. Like this I just thought it was I was actually kind of like I kinda of like chuckled. Like I was just like, Do I really like belong here? And it's like and I mean I had a pretty bad race, so I kinda of felt like I didn't belong after that, but just being able to be in their presence is really cool and but you kinda of have to, you know, know that you're still you know, down the road that you want to be, be like those guys. You want to be, you know, um, maybe not as good. I mean, 326 is pretty quick, but uh, you want to be, you know, in those races and be able to say like, you know, with 150 to go, I was next to him and then he might've pulled away or whatever, but just be able to be in contention eventually. So that was, that was a pretty cool moment. Just knowing I was with next to Asphalt Kiprop and doing strides next to, you know, Mick Luffy and all those guys. Did you did you talk to any of them? Or I mean, I, I'm curious if they had a reaction where it was like, "Who's this kid on our starting line right now?" No, they looked right past me. They were, they knew <laughs> I was. They knew I had no chance of competing with them, so they didn't even probably know who I was. But it was funny. I mean, I knew Evan and uh, Ben Blankenship, so I just like um, stayed near them. <laughs> it was just kind of like because I I I, uh, I cooled down with Evan. He's he's a super nice guy, so. Um, I, I, I knew, uh, I, I knew one of the guys, so that was, that was nice. I, I think Kiprop won that race in like 351 and then you ran 358. Uh, yeah. so when, when he's crossing the finish line, uh, you're coming down, I guess, like the, the final straightaway. Uh, mm-hmm. what's that like? I guess just looking up ahead and be like, God, he's done already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Cause like, I mean, like I look back, it's like I had a really bad race, and it's like wow, a bad race through fifty eight for like an eighteen year old high schooler. Like I think it's funny. I kind of think of that as like a bad race, but in retrospect, like for me that at that time, you know, it was. And um, but also seeing like wow, like Kiprup just easily won that, and he was like jogging the majority of the race. So it's like you kind of have to put it in perspective. Like, well, you know, maybe down the road, like. You know, I'll be close to being that, or maybe I'll be able to hang with him for, you know, 1500 meters and then the last 100 meters, he blows me away. But it's just kind of like, I don't know, you kind of have to be realistic about it and know that he's the best in the world. So he should be pulling away from a high schooler, I guess. <laughs> All right. We're going to get to some really fun questions here with the, uh, the Bell Lab since we're, uh, since we're almost done. Um, since you right. can't talk exactly about, specifics in your contract uh mm-hmm. we just want to know how much cash is in your wallet right now <laughs> um actually none <laughs> uh, so you're actually, you're a plastic guy wait, wait let me check just to make sure yeah none <laughs> i have a i have a debit card and a credit card what's the coolest so, thing you bought since the contract uh a new car you did what'd you get uh 2015 lexus rcs nice um, yep. All right, next one. Uh, rumor has it that after the Sir Walter Myler, you were offered a hot dog. You didn't eat the hot dog. Why was that, and how much money would it take to get you to eat a Big Mac? Oh, I mean, I, well, I wasn't. I don't know what the rumor about the <laughs> hot dog is. Um, I think, but, I think the, the, the rumor is that you were, you were a big health nut that summer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I was um, 
Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I'd eat a hot dog after race anytime. But <laughs> um, I mean, I'd eat a Big Mac. I mean, just just all about all about uh all about uh not too not too many Big Macs. But yeah, after a nice hard <laughs> long run, Big Mac it is. Perfect. Um, so think we should? Uh, do you think we should start calling you Andrew at a certain point, or do you, do you think Drew is going to stick with you the rest of the way? I don't know. I mean, I, everyone who's close to me calls me Drew, so I feel like that will kind of. I feel like that will be what people call me. But I mean, Andrew's fine either. Either way, I mean, that is my name. <laughs> Did it ever? Was it ever Andrew? First, like, were you going on as uh, Andrew Hunter for races, or I mean, obviously that's the, probably what appears on paper. Or sometimes it's yeah. true. Uh, yeah. I guess what has has, the, has there ever been Andy Hunter, or I guess well, no. what's uh, what's the timeline been for for your name? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime any new person meets me, like you know how with runners, like you kind of like you know who everyone is, but you don't necessarily know them before you like race them. Like you look at you just like. You've seen them on like French races or like online or social media, and like I know who that person is. So those people will call me probably like Andrew because they just don't know me well and know me personally. But like any of my close friends, I'm Drew. So I think it just depends on how well you know me. Um, this is a, a new question that I'm going to ask everyone uh, before. So there's there's two final questions, but now there's going to be a third one. Uh, what's the okay. last DM you got, and what's it say? The last DM. Can I check? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, huh. That's funny. Um, the last DM I got was uh, someone sent me the dumb flow track tweet of um, the meme that me and Kyle started, the beautiful running podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, who? Uh, I mean, what's the what's the coolest place you've run? And if you could bring anyone in history on a run with you uh, at that place, so assume like if it's a president or something like that, that they'll be able to keep up. Uh, okay. So, what's the coolest place you've run and a historical figure you'd like to run with? Um, I really liked. Uh, running in um Portland Forest Park. That was really fun. Um now uh coolest figure. This is tough. Um I think I'd like to I don't know. I'm trying to think. I mean maybe like can they still okay, this is probably a weird way to ask, but do they have to be dead? <laughs> like so uh, like it could be someone alive. It could be someone dead. We could bring them back. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, it, it's such a basic answer, but like, I mean, Prefontaine would be cool to run with if we're talking third about runners. To do that. <laughs> third person to go yeah. with Prefontaine. <laughs> um, but maybe like, I don't know. I mean, it just, yeah, I'd say him, which, is, which sounds awful. Everyone's going to hate me for that answer. But <laughs> I mean, He's he's such a, like a you know kind of like a mysterious you know like he's just like the the legendary runner but no one actually like I feel like knows him super well so it'd be cool and I read lots of books about him so um, maybe him 
All right, last one I got. And you've got some basketball experience here, so I'm curious to see what you mm-hmm. say. Uh, so you get 25 shots from half court. If you make one, you win $25 million. If you make none, you go to jail for 25 years. Do you take the shots? And you're young, too, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, 25 shots. I can make it, so yeah. I can Good, wow. Yeah. You and Robbie Andrews one. are the only two people who have said yes so far. <laughs> yeah, I, I just... You give me 25 tries, one will go in. All right. We might have to, you know, try, try a video with this at some point and okay. see, what, see what we can get. Drew, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks a lot for, for joining the show. Yeah, thanks. It was fun. That interview was brought to you by our buddies at Educated Running. Training plans, private coaching sessions, tips, they have it on their website. Check them out, educatedrunning.com. We'll be back next week with another fresh episode. Subscribe on iTunes and leave a five-star review.